What's up, guys? Josh Mosman here from Motocross Action Magazine. Welcome to the MXA podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. In this interview, I talked to the two managing directors of the company SX Global. They're the new promoters for the FIM World Supercross Championship set to start off at the end of 2020 after the AMA Nationals finish up at the end of the summer. And it's a fun interview. I talked to these guys over Zoom, Ryan Sanderson and Adam Bailey. Um, Adam jumps in a few minutes late onto the Zoom call, and he's got his kids playing in the background. Uh, So give me some grace. uh, Forgive us for the background noise we got going on there. But this is a long, almost one hour long interview and has some really good insight to what these guys are doing their motivation, um, the financial support that they now have as it was just released today um, from Mubadala Capital supporting the SX Global Group and the FIM World Supercross Championship. A lot of exciting stuff. A lot of questions get answered in this interview and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Let's dive into it. Cool. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you very much for your time. Um, Really excited to hear this news as it's going to come out tomorrow for uh, Supercross Global to to expand and, and really get some momentum behind your guys' uh, program as you head into, you know, the rest of 2022, your your first year as the FIM World Supercross Championship promoter. Um, Ryan, can you just give me and, and all of our listeners a little bit of a background on yourself and uh, just what you have been doing to help SX Global get up on its feet? Yeah, thanks, Josh. So, um, I guess my background, Adam and I, Adam Bailey and I met back in 2012 and got into business in 2012. So we've been in business um, together since, so close to a decade. And we, we started doing AusX Open in 2015. So AusX Open was our first ever Supercross event together. We did that 2015 in Sydney very successfully to about 22,000 uh, fans. So we had a sold out Saturday night and then a Sunday Sunday night event. So it started off... 2015, we ran AusX Open in Sydney till 2018 before moving it to Melbourne, uh, which we grew it every year. And actually in Melbourne, we had a 35,000 attended um, event in the AusX Open Melbourne event. And we had huge success with AusX Open and then we expand, expanded sorry, um, to Auckland, New Zealand. And we had two events, a uh, sellout event in 2018 and then a very successful event in 2019. So in the 2018-2019 years, we actually got sanctioning by the FIM for Oceana, um, and we were always um, planning to try and expand into Asia and, and had you know, plans to look at a Japanese events and, and other parts of Asia. So we were looking to get Asia-Pacific sanctioning by the FIM. So obviously the pandemic hit. We haven't done events since 2019 and we've been watching very closely, obviously, the, the AMA Supercross. And, and when the rights came up in, in May last year, we moved really quickly on, on building a team, building a, an application and a formal um, approach and, and submitted a formal global um, tender application with the FIM and successfully uh, won the World Championship rights for 22 and beyond, which is incredibly exciting. Um, but just as exciting is, is the team, um, the global team of, of people we've built um, in this new business, SX Global, and also what we're going to announce, the financial strategic partner in Mubadala um, is incredibly exciting. Mubadala Capital have got huge sporting experience globally, amazing network of relationships all around the world that we're really, really excited and we believe positions us in a very unique opportunity to take Supercross Global for the first time ever. Hey, guys. Very, very sorry to be late. Mark will probably explain it. We had a bit, a few technical issues with the last one, so um, Zoom, Zoom wasn't playing ball for us, but, so I was a bit behind. Sorry. No, no problem. Adam, you jumped in at the perfect time. Nice to meet you. Uh, Ryan just explained um, a little bit of the, the, the history behind you guys, the history behind SX Global and just um, you know the excitement levels, how you haven't pr- produced an event since 2019, but now you're getting ready to take on a global tour. So, um, so it's exciting stuff. And then for your information, I'm recording this now as like a little podcast and also all the YouTube video and all kinds of stuff coming out on the motocross action website tomorrow. So exciting right. stuff. So you just jumped in on this call. What's, uh, what's going on in your mind? I mean, what's the excitement levels like to be Adam Bailey right now? 
<laughs> uh, well, it depends. I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of moving house to Queensland and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on that's not all that exciting. But, um, but uh, I mean, as Ryan would have said, we're, we're, we're really pumped. You know, we, it's a dream come true, frankly, because, you know, we started running our events in 2015. You know, we're very fortunate. They were, they were really successful, the events in Sydney and I was ex-open and we were able to expand into Melbourne in 2019, which was, you know, a huge undertaking risk for us. And, and um you know, to see it succeed like that was amazing. And and so, you know, the end of 2019, I think like a, a lot of people in the event space were high on life and then all of a sudden it all came crashing down at the start of 2020 when no events could happen. Um, but it's been a blessing in disguise for us because this opportunity came up when, when Feld handed back the rights to the FIM um, World Championship. Ryan, um, myself and Tony, you know, started feverishly working on how on putting a plan together to to, to, to take this championship, you know, around the world or take the sport around the world, which we'd already had aspirations to do and we'd already been investigating going into Asia. Ryan and I have been to Japan, into Thailand, into Singapore. Um, we, we did expand in New Zealand, into New Zealand successfully. So we, we were already sort of on the journey in our own minds to, to turn this into, a um, you know, an international championship. Um, you know, seeing the fact that the American one was so successful just staying within America, we felt like there's a great opportunity that that was being left on the table, you know. And so um, when these rights came available, we jumped on it and, you know, we, we worked really hard to, to win the FIM rights and to secure um, an investor of the, of the, the level that we have. Um, you know, I mean, we're beyond excited. It honestly is a dream come true. Super cool. Well, that's awesome to hear, Adam. Uh, for the motocross action viewers, the guys, you know, our, our magazine and, and digital presence has a worldwide, worldwide, uh, you know, expand worldwide audience, I should say. And, but a lot of our audience is here in the States. A lot of our audience is uh, into racing themselves, but also into race, into watching Supercross in America, the AMA Supercross Championship. And so can you just explain to me and to our viewers why they should be excited about a world supercross championship uh, and then kind of what the nuts and bolts of what you guys are doing, because there's information out there already and you guys got, you know, an exciting, exciting announcement that's coming out tomorrow um, with this investor. But can you just give us your pitch? Why should we be excited about a world supercross championship when we have the American supercross championship already going on? Like, What are you guys doing and what's it all about? It's great questions. Uh, I think what the reason while we should all be excited as fans and, you know, first and foremost, Ryan and I are massive fans of the sport. We said, um, you know, I grew up watching it and riding it, attempting to race it over the years and, and we're, we're fans first and foremost. So, I mean, what to be excited about is that our sport and Supercross that we love will, will become a global sport, um, you know, and, and be seen in the in the realms of a Formula One and MotoGP. That's our, that's our goal, you know, whilst we completely appreciate and love the AMA Supercross Championship, you know, I've been watching it my whole life pretty much, you know, we believe the sport can be a global sport. We believe that, you know, um, it deserves that, the athletes deserve that and the teams deserve to be seen on that level when you've got the likes of a Dan Ricciardo or a Mark Marquez or, you know, Jack Miller looking up to Supercross riders, you know, we feel like that's an indication that that's that's where they belong and that's where they should sit on the global stage. So our challenge, our aspiration and our dream really is to place them up there where we believe they, they deserve to be and we want to take the fans on that journey. So, again, we don't want to take away from the AMA Supercross. We think it's great, but come with us and, and let's, uh, let's try and take these guys around the world. Cool, cool, cool. So, so to build off of that, um, Ryan or Adam, you guys can, can – either one can answer this question, but – uh, what is the nuts and bolts of what you're trying to do? So you're trying to take Supercross, you know, you already have a presence in Australia and, and then New Zealand, but where are you taking it next? You go with that one, Ryan. Yeah, I think from our side, Josh, what's really important is we've obviously, we've got a new business and, and a, a complete capacity now financially to go truly global. So to Adam's point, it's exciting for Supercross because we can now take it into the best stadia in all the major cities around the world. And we, we believe Supercross is a unique motorsport where it can actually be held in a venue that can have EPL soccer one week and then it can have Supercross the next. Or it could be an NFL venue in the US and then it can have Supercross the next week. It can be held in rugby venues. It can be held in baseball stadiums. So it can virtually be held in, in any amazing stadia 
in, in any major city around the world. So we think that's very unique. To Adam's point, our, our goal is to create Supercross on a level like Formula One and like MotoGP globally. So what's beautiful about this opportunity is we can take it into these major cities where street circuits can't be built or MotoGP races can't be held and we can take it to new audiences. We can combine it with music and entertainment. We can do incredible things with the sport. Um, so to your point about where we're taking it, we want to be in every major continent um, around the world and we want to target the biggest cities and some of the biggest regions where we think uh, fans have got, you know, passion towards action sports, passion towards motorsport. They may or may not have seen Supercross before and they're going to be really excited by it. And we know we can bring a lot to the events um, that attract new fans as well. So whether that's music or other forms of entertainment, we've got really ambitious plans to to grow the appeal of Supercross and take these superstars to all the major cities and all the cool locations around the world that we would love to all, you know, probably see this sport be held. So it's, it's really exciting to Adam's point that we have the opportunity to do that. And we have a financial and strategic partner with Mubadala Capital um, enabling us to do that. And Josh, I'd say as well, like, you know, I think we all believe compared to those other sports, Supercross athletes are underpaid and, 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 and underrated i mean the sport is massively underrated on a global sporting spectrum it's massively underrated the risks that they take is insane their their fitness is absolutely incredible they're supremely fit aspirational athletes amazingly talented brave as all hell you know they're underrated so and the only way that we can you know grow that sport and 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 get them paid what they deserve to be paid and shown on as an is to is to put them on a global pedestal and that's what that's absolutely what we have to do that's awesome i really appreciate that point adam because i do definitely agree um to to your point and uh that's exciting so you ryan you've mentioned mubadala capital i don't know if i'm saying it correctly but uh you've mentioned it a couple times and that's the really exciting thing behind this press release that's, you know, coming out tonight at midnight and uh, it's, you know, SX Global and the FIM World Supercross Championship. You guys hit the ground running at the end of last year, but uh, there's more questions, especially, you know, from Americans and from, from everybody wondering, okay, how are you guys going to pull this off? Cause it's, it's going to be a challenge and uh, there's, there's no, no easy way to do it, but you guys have announced now that, that uh, you have a huge investment firm, jumping in behind you. So can you explain to me, you know, uh, I, I understand that they're behind maybe the UFC a little bit, the Nets and the Yankees um, behind them a little bit. And can you explain like who, who else they're associated with currently and then how that's going to help you guys uh, succeed at, at this world stage? Yeah. What I'll, I'll also hand over to Adam to speak a bit more specifically about the finances towards the team. So I'll just touch on that top line but it enables as an example for us to offer 50 million dollars in payments in appearance fees sign-on fees and also covering all the logistics and freights for the next five years for all teams entered in the championship so top line obviously gives us a financial capital to to really you know have a massive crack at this and do this for for many years to come so it gives us financial stability financial security which is really important they're also an incredible strategic partner because of their connections and relationships so Mubadala Capital invested in IMG Endeavor, so one of the largest shareholders of um, Endeavor. They're also one of the largest shareholders of Thrill One, which you would know from Nitro Circus and Nitro Rallycross. They own the Abu Dhabi and, and the Brazilian Formula One Grand Prix events. Um, as you say, they're a large shareholder of New York Yankees and the Yes Network. They're also very successfully um, you know, behind Manchester City and obviously the stadium Manchester City plays in the whole city group soccer success has been tremendous. Um, they were originally involved in the UFC and, and in its inception. So they've got a huge vision for what this sport can be, um, you know, what we can achieve with this sport, sorry. So they, they get it. They've invested in sports and entertainment a lot. So they understand, you know, globally what's required and, and they're really heavily invested in some of these major sporting properties around the world, which is really exciting because you don't just want financial capital and no understanding and no relationships, obviously, globally of how to bring it to life. They, they get what we need to do to take this sport to the new levels. And then we've got a tremendous new um, model for the teams, which I'll get, I'll get Adam to talk to, but it's a, it's a complete revolutionary approach for Supercross. It certainly 
you know, not new in motorsport. It's been done in very successfully with the NASCAR and their charter system, but also Tony Cochran, our president, had huge success with the V8 supercars uh, with an approach like this where he grew the sport from a $55,000 purchase to a $310 million business. Um, so Adam and, and our team has worked very, very hard on developing a system that we're calling the um, Supercross Teams Entitlements Agreements and only 10 team licenses. So Adam, maybe touch on that, what that means for the sport as well. Yeah, I think that's it's one of the key initiatives that we've put in place. And, and the reason for that, Josh, is that, is that we want to create value for the teams and the team owners that, that compete. Um, we need to... We need to make them financially successful and, and viable long term, and actually own something. One of the one of the some of the feedback we've had over the years for teams competing in Supercross currently is that if they go and race, and then a lot of the times, other than the top few, there's 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 kind of reasonably well off guys, you know, putting money into race teams because they love it and they're passionate about it. But in five years' time, when they're done, they have nothing to sell but some old bikes and some some bent up frames and and um you know, the transporter and the, the things that they use, you know, there's there's no value, you know, in, in owning the team because anyone can turn up and race and start a team essentially, you know, because of the way it currently works. We can decide we're going to start a team. We can we can put it all, all our stuff in a semi and we can turn up on the weekend as long as our rider's good enough, he can race and, and that's the way it goes. Um, and so what what we want to do is create some exclusivity exclusivity for those teams so that the teams can pe- can, that compete have this exclusive license, which means as the championship grows and as we become more and more successful and we get better television coverage and we get, you know, news media and we make these guys household names like we plan to, then then the team is is worth something um, as well. So the the concept is essentially, like Ryan said, 10 teams. They have two 250 guys and two 450 guys on each team. Um, that makes up 20 in each class, and, and then there'll be another two wild cards in each in each at each event. So that that allows us to go to certain regions that they may not have experienced Supercross guys yet, and we can start to introduce talent into the into the field in the same way that MotoGP does. You know, they do the exact same thing. Um, it just enables us to to bring in the talent in certain regions where they they may not be experienced enough to do the whole championship yet. Um, and whether, you know, you need a hometown crowd to cheer for kind of thing. If you go to a region that doesn't have a, a team or a championship competitor, we want to give them someone to cheer for. Um, and then it allows us to, so then with that, as Ryan said, is the financial support, which is signing fees, to, particularly to begin with. We appreciate there's a short runway. And we're, so we're, we're putting a sizable amount of money up for, for the teams that come on board and commit early to help them with the additional cost of staffing, you know, rider fees, infrastructure or anything like that. Um, and then appearance fees, so they get paid for each event that they show up at, and um, and which is which is a, a, a good chunk of cash as well. And then um, the prize money, which is two hundred fifty thousand around in prize pool, which is forty. It's forty thousand a winner, a um, the, the four fifty um, the four fifty main, for example, which is um, you know a decent sum of money as well. So I think about two and a half times what what the current sort of US. Um, is or maybe three times so and the point of that is again um but also sorry i should add that that prize money is paid to the teams not to the riders so it's up to the teams how they distribute it they may it may go straight through to the rider or depending on the riders contracts it, you know it, it may not there may be a share that goes to the rest of the team or or however that that may works um but it's it's we've sort of put the onus on the team, and the reason is is again the focus is on the team to try and hero the team, make them successful, and make them a financially attractive business model in years to come. Like a you know Ferrari and Formula One is the extreme example of of one that has so much power and so much worth based on their history and what they've achieved over the years. And we need more of that because the riders you know sadly come and go. But you need teams to stay and teams to have stability because we don't want to be in situations where the manufacturers peel back their investment like we've seen and then the teams that they were supporting fall over because they don't have, they can't survive any other way. And um, and then we also don't want to be in a situation where there's a wealthy guy running a team and he loves it and he has a great time then all of a sudden he doesn't love it anymore or his wife says, you know, this this doesn't work for us anymore and, and then he pulls out and then those riders lose their ride too, you know. So by making those teams financially viable and successful over time, they should become more stable, they can afford to pay the riders more and 
you know, the goal is that it perpetuates into, into um, you know, a really solid platform in years to come where these these teams are successful businesses themselves. And if someone, um, you know, out of Mexico is desperate to run a race team and get involved in years to come, then they're going to have to buy one from one of these guys and they can dictate what the price is. The market will decide, you know. We, they cannot get in any other way. Or if a factory... If a factory decides we've got to have a factory team and we don't currently, then they get to buy buy one off one of the one of the the guys or girls mm. that start it with us. So we want to reward those that come on early because we appreciate that this is a change in the way things have been done. This is a it's a massive change, and, and people don't you know don't like change often. So we want to reward those that do come on the journey with us and believe in what it is that we're trying to do and we hope that in years to come those you know like the the, the charter system in nascar the um the recent one the michael jordan bought was was three three million three years ago and then 14 million now or something ryan if that correct me if i'm wrong those numbers like huge increase in value um yeah and we hope to do that if we can you know triple people's investment in supercross and owning a team wouldn't that be wouldn't that be something amazing so that, yeah that's our ambition and that, what's interesting about that, they've got 36 charters and, they've, the, you know, NASCAR's success has been about limiting them. And then in those scenarios, the ones that are struggling to, to obviously perform, they're the ones being sold. If you, you're obviously being unsuccessful, consistently being last, you have to sell. Um, and they're tripling in value. So it's a, it's a fantastic example that we've only got 10 teams. So we don't have that, obviously, diversity of 36 teams. So it's really exciting, but also... Yeah, it'll make these teams highly valuable in, in the coming years, which is great. And we hope it attracts huge celebrities, huge sports stars, huge business people and, and you know, global sort of, you know, wealthy people, you know, treating this like a business opportunity that it will be. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. That's exciting stuff. So, uh, man, I appreciate you guys giving me this information and just help shedding some light on the subject. And uh, it's, it's fun to hear about it. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned... 50 million, and it's also in the press release as well, like 50 million over the next five years. Uh, so that 50 million, does that go, is that directly towards, you know, team de- development over the five years? Or what is what is the 50 million doing? And uh, can you just explain a little bit more about that? And like, is that is that what Mubadala uh, is doing? Is that is that their investment, that 50 million? It's, it's to be clear, we're not specifying their total investment, but it's just an example of the capital investment that we have. Um, so we've, we've obviously established that the support to Adam's point, just in appearance fees and signing fees um, for these first three years for the teams, and then the, all the freight logistics costs for the next five years, all of that combined exceeds 50 million. So that, that's just one example of how much we're, we're investing in this sport and how how much you know financial capital obviously we have to invest in in this which is really exciting so that doesn't include prize money that adam's touched on and does include so much other investments that we're making um but it's just highlighting for us you know how serious this is and obviously that we're here to stay we're here for many years to come you know we're treating this as a you know a 10 plus 10 year venture that we have um in place here and and we're really excited for the future and, and we're not going anywhere we're, we're taking the sport global. We're really excited. Um, and, you know, also like we touched on in the media release, Supercross is in a, you know, fantastic place because it's got an incredible um, AMA championship and that runs from January to May and, and how exciting for, for a world Supercross championship to be run, you know, from July to November in that back half of the year and have opportunities for athletes, you know, to make more money in Supercross and um, yeah, start attracting global sponsors, global partnership opportunities. You know, we've seen with Formula One at the moment is at an all-time high in sponsorship and commercial um, revenue to the teams as well as the sport and the events. So it's a really exciting time, very, very opportunistic time for us because we've come out of the pandemic and started a new company. So many promoters around the world have been hurt by the pandemic and trying to re- reboot so it's, it's a unique opportunity for us. We probably wouldn't have ever had the World Championship rights become available if it wasn't for the pandemic. And to Adam's point, we've been, you know, unable to do events since. So we're really, really excited. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're going to take this with, all, with everything we have and, and give it the very best we can. Super exciting. And who is the target rider that you guys are looking for and the target team, because I, so I'm, I'm understanding it that the first year this year, 2022, 
you know, we'll have the 17 round AMA Supercross Championship, and we'll have a whole outdoor series. And then you guys are planning on having a, a your championship at the end of the year, last few months um, in, in that little off season break. So who are you looking to get this year? And, and then, you know, talks about starting in July. Well, that's in the middle of the outdoor championship in 2023 as long as the schedule doesn't change. So who's the target audience, uh, target rider and team that you're looking for? Are you looking, are you guys calling the GPs, the GP riders and the GP teams more? Or are you calling the American Supercross guys more? And who are you uh, pulling in for, for this? The, the answer is a, is a combination, Josh. We want, we run riders from all around the world. I think um, it'll be, it's riders that want to focus on Supercross. That's that number, first and foremost, riders and teams. The, the thing about the model as well is that the the teams that compete may not exist yet, you know, and, and they can be teams created specifically for this championship, but they could be a subsidiary of an existing team that's created specifically for this championship, or it could be a completely new venture, like Ryan touched on before, owned by a, a celebrity or a sports person from Mexico, for example. We've had interest that might want to be a team owner because they think Supercross is an amazing opportunity and, and they want to own a team. Um, and and the way those can work, that can work is very different than what's been done before because they may still get technical support and, and their bikes out of the US and the riders may be US-based or they may not be. But um, because of the, the nimble kind of flyaway nature of what we're creating where, where we'll be shipping the bikes from all around the world, you know, to each round, um, it really, everything just needs to pack into boxes and travel like a MotoGP event does when it goes to uh, international events. So... It really opens the door, and particularly when we're offering so much financial support, it really opens the doors to what that team, what a team actually could look like, and what a season could look like for a team. Because um, again, it's not to say the team even exists. It could be a team that's owned by a brand, and 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 that brand, not a, and, and not a motorcycle manufacturer brand. I mean, it could be it could be an energy drink, or it could be a, an apparel brand, or it could be someone else that that that, that owns a team and decides, hey, I'm going to take this financial support and I'm going to use it to go get my four riders, and I'm going to get equipment and bikes out of X, Y, and Z team that already exists, and. And um, and I'm going to pull this thing together, and I'm going to go win the world championship. You know, it, it, we really want to open the doors to to completely new thinking, um, which is hard to it's hard for us hardcore fans to get our head around. But but you know, we believe that it, it's a it's a fantastic opportunity, and um, and it will open doors, and and all new teams will be created. And for riders, we believe that they'll. Um, they'll potentially change the way their season looks and what they see as their season, you know. Uh, and um, and for those that want to focus on Supercross, um, it's a great opportunity for them because, you know, they can do Supercross at the start of the year at AMA and then, you know, have a little break in the summer and then roll into Supercross with us for the World Championship. Um, and then and then the cycle can repeat itself and it, it could be a, um, a really great way to to uh, a great career it's just and, and it won't be for everyone there'll be there'll be riders that are motocross specialists and they that's what they want to do and and um obviously mxgp riders that that is that this may be no of no interest to them but there's definitely riders out there that want to focus on supercross and and um and see the financial return also for being a supercross athlete again you know the audiences the crowd numbers the the television broadcast that we have to you know we have to provide for them uh, we believe will reward those that, that want to focus on on becoming supercross athletes, and and frankly, they'll they'll obviously have a great advantage on the one, when that comes back to the AMA championship. They'll they'll have a they'll have a, a great advantage on that front too. Um, to touch on Ryan's point, just a quick one, uh, just regarding IMG that partnership. Obviously, television broadcast is his is Ryan's area, but you know that the reach that they have, you know, is, is incredible. So to be able to tap into those. You know, with Mabadala's relationships around the world, and from from you know broadcast distribution to events and entertainment to you know, it's it's honestly endless the, the contacts and reach they have. So um, that that really helps give us the confidence that that we can help elevate Supercrosses because they're so passionate about it, and we we brought them to the A two event to come and check it out. Um, they believe in it as much as we do, which is really exciting for for us fans of the sport. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's exciting stuff. So uh, I have so many questions popping into my mind, and this is exciting, exciting topics. So thank you guys for your time. But first one I want to ask now is uh, Mubadala Capital. So they obviously have capital, the money behind the, behind a lot of it. But 
what else are they doing? Are they, like you said, you brought them to, I guess, the Anaheim to Supercross. That's super cool. So what else are they going to be helping with? How involved are they going to be um, in the other logistics besides just financial, you know, writing checks? Well, they've, they've been incredible in the sense and they'll continue to be in basically to Adam's point, connecting us with all the critical people that, that we need, particularly from a TV broadcast distribution point of view, all, all the major international relationships that they have, they're allowing us to tap into, which is amazing. So we're, we're being presented to everyone that they know globally, which is incredibly exciting. So, you know, whether that's across UFC or whether it's through IMG Endeavor to Adam's point or whether it's through the Formula One connections, what that is enabling us to do is, is you know, build an incredible network of, of people to work with us on the FIM Supercross World Championship. So um, we're, we're, you know, really, really excited just as much by their strategic commitment to this and, and the networks that they bring to the table as, as much as we are, obviously, them being a financial partner and, and understanding sport and entertainment. I think it's, it's really a dream come true for us because we've got two fantastic representatives in Russ Pillar and, and Matt Kim on the board as well. So they're, they're part of our board. They're making strategic decisions along with Tony Cochran, Tavo Helmond, Tom Potter, Adam Bailey and I. So we've got an incredible board, um, some of the you know best international motorsport experience ever seen in a board um, set up, to be honest, and that's not coming from either Adam or I. We're obviously you know, here from a Supercross perspective, but to work with those guys, you know, their, their experience and their connections in, in motorsport globally is incredible. So, um, yeah, it's a real you know, daily sort of pinch me moment for, for Adam and I, as Adam said at the start. Um, but yeah, it's enabling us to have conversations with promoters, events and stadiums, um, host cities, you know, our, our connections immediately are immense. And that's why we're having so many um, conversations with international promoters and, and stadia and, and obviously um, host city uh, governments as well, considering this from a tourism point of view. And then for us, yeah, to the TV perspective and then all, even commercial networks and commercial opportunities, it's just you know, daily door openings, which is really, really exciting. So they're coming about, you know, from, from a great place with this. Um, they've seen huge success in their investments in sports and entertainment. And they, they think we've hit the jackpot with this. They think we've got an incredible opportunity. Um, we certainly feel it's a once in a lifetime opportunity as well. So um, yeah, it's exciting. And, and yeah, they're supporting us for many years to come. So we're, we're pumped on the journey they're going to take us on. Exciting stuff. So if I'm a team or if I'm a, you know, Josh Moseman wanting to start a, a team to do the championship um, and I want to be one of those 10 team owners and I contact you guys, what, what are the steps that I need to take? What do I need to do to become a team owner? And, uh, you know, is this something to where you guys are going to take in applications and decide, okay, well, Mitch Payton, he's allowed to have a team and Bobby Reagan, he's allowed to have a team and KTM, they're allowed to have a team. Um, or are you going to take the first offer you get from, from a guy like me who's willing to pay the money? That's one question. And then uh, the second question is, is like what you guys are offering a lot of incentive for people that sign up to become a team, um, paying for a lot of fees and stuff like that. So uh, what do I have to do if I come to you and say, hey, I want to be a part of it? What's the next step? Well, that's it. The the interesting part about it, Josh, is that um, we paid the money to whoever wants to come on board. So it's, it's kind of reversed. They don't have to come up and pay us anything. Uh, you know, there's a there's a, a very small commitment prior to the first round so that we make sure they show up. Um, but, but at, you know, to your point, in the next um, hopefully two to three weeks, we'll have a um, the long form, you know, um, the Supercross Teams Entitlement Agreement, the SXT Agreement. Um, that we would share with interested parties, but we'll be we'll be sharing also an expression of interest um, kind of form, for lack of a better word, which is just to kind of give teams, give us the background on each of the team, what riders they're proposing that would be involved, and um, and exactly to your point, it will go to a board decision. Um, we we've we'll, we will have to narrow it down. The interest that we've we've got already is is really strong, um, so we will there will be tough choices to make, but as a Board will have to make those decisions, you know, <laughs> you know, to, to to because they're commercial decisions. It won't be just Ryan and I picking who our buddies are and who we, you know we want to see out there. There'll be um, it'll be you know 
carefully picked. And it's not just, it's going to be, it's a combination of who the riders are that they are going to put forward, their experience as a global or an international supercross team. Um, But also it's important for us to have a good international spread again. So we're not just looking for all American teams, you know, we want to have teams out of other regions in the world or or that are committing to, to bring on riders from other regions of the world to help them develop too. So there's a, there's a quite a bit of strategy involved in who those teams will be long term because we again we want to create a global championship, which there'd be no point in us just picking up US teams, US riders only, and bringing them around the world. That while some we obviously want to bring on board the journey, we also want to to build this into an international championship by having teams and team owners um, from other regions of the world, um, and so that'll be part of the strategy of the decision making for sure. Man, that's exciting stuff. So uh, the the team that that jumps on, they they, they sign up, they they pay the initial uh, commitment fee, and then what else do they have to invest in it? Because you, you can you maybe explain like what you're going to pay for. You're paying for their shipping. Um, you're paying a start a you know a show up fee to the team that's coming. What 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 do they have to worry about? And what's what's uh, what's the challenge is going to be for a team? Or, or are you guys just going to take care of everything? So we'll we'll create a like a, a a box for lack of a better word that that gets created and sent to to each of the teams for them to box up all their equipment and we'll literally door to door service kind of thing send them a a box to freight the stuff and they load it up with their bikes and equipment and then we we take it around the world um, and they they get a, an initial signing fee to help with that's to help with really the extension of contracts for this year for example because mechanics riders etc may may already be in a contract that doesn't include this so therefore hey here's you know here's a a big chunk of money to assist with that um for the brand new teams it's to help them get set up with with infrastructure and and things that they may not either that may not exist for them you know but we're very we're purposely very light on requirement for infrastructure they won't need semis obviously will take control of the pit paddock infrastructure at every event so they don't need all of that kind of stuff so to your point the actual investment and what they have to worry about is is quite low other than we want to make sure that obviously the in the reason we've purposely done it that way is so the focus is on the rider and they get the best riders so for a team the, the, the biggest challenge will be securing the best riders um i don't we don't feel like there's a challenge that we feel like there's a number of riders at the very top that want to do this um but the challenges for the teams when there's existing contracts in place they've already committed to doing you know um ama supercross then outdoors how do we throw this extra five events at them what does that look like and that's where that big financial support for us up front is is to try and say we we realize that we realize it's a tight time frame we realize that you've already got these commitments you know um here's a big chunk of money to try and get you get you off the ground and then um, and then we should be rolling a bit more um, smoothly from next year onwards, you know. Uh, and the reason for we, we just we want to get off the ground this year and have a championship this year, despite it being shortened, because we feel like you need to build that momentum. And for us to to expand into a you know a, a ten round championship next year, for example, you want to have good runs on the board, showing what we're capable of, showing the quality of events that we're going to run, and that helps us with. Um, all sponsors with television broadcasts with other events and all those things you know it's kind of like a it's a snowball effect and we've got to get it rolling quickly as opposed to um you know sit and wait for everything to be perfect at the end of next year you know totally totally that makes that makes a lot of sense that that definitely clears up a lot of questions and uh and definitely makes it a little more yeah understanding how you could get teams to commit to it and and it's a that's a cool program what about the the actual event? What is that going to look like? So you just mentioned that we're not going to have teams. I mean, uh, or not going to have you know a semi truck. And KTM is not going to have a semi truck in Australia and France and Japan and South America. So uh, you know what? I, and I'm sure you guys are still developing all of this. But what is that going to look like? You know, if I go to there to race and I'm riding for for KTM, um, what am I going to be pitting out of? What's that going to look like? And then, uh, and then even inside of the stadium, you know, one question that I have for you guys is, is it going to be, you know, very similar to AMA Supercross tracks? Are we going to have the same style of whoop sections or is it going to be more like maybe a European Supercross that has toned down whoop sections to attract the guys who aren't as experienced in whoops? Because I can tell you from experience of racing Supercross myself, 
um, you know, it's one thing to learn how to write in a, ride in an entire stadium, ride through deep jumps and the rhythm sections. And then it's another thing, you know, to hit whoops. And then it's another thing to do it with 20 guys next to you. So uh, what's that all look like? Yeah. Well, first one, with regards to the infrastructure and things, we see it again like a MotoGP type situation where, you know, they, they go to those events with boxes. They don't have anything. Uh, and we will set up a pit infrastructure. The pit party environment is something that we've, always been big on in our events in Australia and have been really successful to create energy and excitement around there and interaction with the fans. So that's really important and definitely not having semis, you know, is a loss for that because that that's a great thing. Kids love looking at those trucks and that, you know, but the reality is we can't, we can't fly them throughout Europe. So um, we will, we will set up the infrastructure so that it's consistent round for round and that it, it hasn't been designed yet, but that's what we'll be working towards so that the teams rock up. They put all their stuff in there. It's the same each place that we go. Um, and with regards to the tracks, I think this is one that we've proven that we can do quite well, which is a good combination. Of, if Our events in Australia, and particularly the 2019 event, we're able to create tracks that are technical enough that the, the, the top guys are doing, are still doing things that others, the others aren't. Um, whilst not being too technical to to wipe everyone out you know i think it's a it's a, it's a close balancing act again we're we're hardcore fans but for the fringe fan that doesn't really know supercross that well if the whoops are an inch smaller they don't know the difference or or if a rhythm was to be a quad triple quad double versus a triple double triple triple you know, they don't, it might not necessarily make any difference to my fans' entertainment perspective, but it may make it just that little bit safer and a little bit easier for the competitors, you know. So the answer is that it's a balance of we, they have to be technical enough to showcase the best guys. And we're not trying to remove any key elements like whoops or, or, you know, make it so that, you know, it's not a real supercross by any stretch. It has to be real supercross and we have to showcase the best of the best in it. But we, we also have to be mindful of, hey, we want every rider to get through the whole series and we want to um, make sure the racing is competitive and we want people that are less experienced and we're not putting new, like, complete newcomers out there. Let's, you know, we're certainly not putting people out there that have never raced Supercross before and we'll have to provide them opportunities to build. But they, they, they may not be at the high level of the top 10 in the world in the, in the US Championship currently. So we've got to be mindful of that. And, and you know, we want those guys to survive and, and build and you know um and and perhaps it'll it'll evolve over time you know super cool yeah that that, that makes sense and uh i i appreciate it you definitely want to keep it keep it super cross but also keep the riders uh keep the riders safe and be able to attract guys like like kairoli you know we know he's retired now but he just raced super cross after the season right so um that's that's exciting stuff exciting stuff and what about uh, he was really good in Paris, I can ride it for sure. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, he's he's on it. Um, what about uh, TV and like online streaming? I think one thing you know that is actually going to play huge into your guys's uh, book is is the fact that online streaming is becoming more and more popular for people. You know, we have Netflix, we have all these different ways to watch shows online through youtube and different stuff like that and people are getting more accustomed to it and now uh you know it seems like that would be you know an easier way to go rather than trying to get on linear tv for every single country in the world and and uh find those slots so what does that look like for you guys right now if i'm an american fan and you guys are racing in france how am i going to be able to watch yeah so i guess firstly we will be trying to get linear TV in, in every market we go to, particularly every key market that's going to be important for every government partner that has a obviously host event. So firstly, we'll be doing everything we can to be on free to wear in those markets when they're hosting their, their home round um, and pay TV markets and also OTT platforms. So first and foremost, we'll be producing all of our live production. So we'll be doing our live productions everywhere we go. We'll have that all, all in-house or, or basically controlled in-house um, so that the um, broadcast can be an extremely high level um, global broadcast that's consistent everywhere we go. Um, but then also further to that, we're going to have a lifestyle series. So we're going to have an eight episode series that comes out. Um, obviously the the start of every year following our season. 
So that's been very successful for obviously the Formula One. It's it's starting to be something that many sports uh, are getting into. PGA golf is one example, but we truly believe that the uniqueness of Supercross, to Adam's point, how aspirational these athletes are, how hard they train, how much they risk their lives, the injuries and the drama that they go through naturally every season. We think this sport is very unique and it will actually have an incredible lifestyle series because they're mates with MotoGP athletes. They, you know, they're, the MotoGP athletes are riding motocross in the off-season. They respect Supercross athletes, to Adam's point, just as much as they respect their own MotoGP athletes or they respect Formula One drivers. So um, Dan Ricardo's hung out with the Lawrences and that's going to feature in the Netflix series this year. Um, we want to obviously capture it from the Supercross rider side and, and film that and, and broadcast that around the world. So, yes, we definitely will have, um, you know, a live streaming opportunity. And, and to be honest, Josh, we have huge ambitions and plans to have um, – innovations and, and new broadcast features that have never been seen in the sport before. And we're working really hard behind the scenes on that, which is, is exciting. And we'll announce those in the coming months, what we're doing there. But there's plenty of production innovations that can be achieved with this sport that will make it better for fans and attract new audiences. And that's really exciting as well. So not only will we be making sure that we've got an incredible broadcast partnership in North America, I mean, that's priority number one for us. Um, but we'll be making sure there's fantastic broadcast partners around the world and there's opportunities for fans to, to watch it either live or catch up um, on demand and, and also have, you know, new ways to experience the sport. So um, we're, we're pumped to talk about that in the coming months and announce what we're doing there. Um, but all we can tell you at the moment is it's really exciting and something that's a big focus, certainly from my perspective, to make sure fans have a, a new and innovative experience. Super cool. Yeah, man, that's, that's exciting stuff. I'm, I'm excited for you guys and, uh, and excited that you, you know, have this investment group behind you and, uh, man, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch and keep up with. So what's next on the to-do list for you guys? I mean, you're, you're announcing, uh, move capital behind, behind SX global and behind the FIM world supercross championship. Um, what's next? When can we expect a, uh, a schedule and uh, and what, what what should we be looking out for next on the to do list? Well, I mean, uh, we've got plenty of work to do. There's no question about it. And we're we're not uh, we're not blind to the fact that we've got a huge task on our hands, Josh. But um, but the the next for us, I mean, we, we've we've got tons of discussions with um, events and regions and promoters around the world that we'll be narrowing down over the next couple of weeks. Um, we have more than enough for the five round championship that we want this year, so. We'll be narrowing to which is the best five rounds because, again, you know, as we've discussed, to try and do more than that would be too much of a stretch on the industry, you know, with this short time frame. So we're going to limit, we're going to, you know, um, be selective over the rounds that we go to this year and that's our first, guest priority over the next uh, next couple of weeks to try and narrow that down. Um, and then, uh, you know, formalise partnerships with teams soon after that really is to is to get them the long-form agreements, you know, start getting these expressions of interest from the teams back. Um, you know, from Ryan's perspective, nailing down broadcast deals, nailing down sponsorship deals, you know, like, I mean, the, the list goes on, to be honest, and, and also building our team, you know, where, where we've got a whole new office that's being built at, literally as we speak that's not, that'll be ready in, um, I think, two or three weeks' time. We've got a, um, a COO that starts next week. We're looking for a CMO. Um, we've got a whole team to hire, a content team and um, a broadcast team and <laughs> and uh, all those things have to happen at the same time as planning for a championship this year. So um, we definitely got our hands full, that's for sure. Awesome. Well, it's exciting stuff, I think. We'll keep, uh, keep smiling. Yeah, no, I'm, it's, it's exciting stuff. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. And uh, obviously, you have a lot of work ahead of you, but I'm excited for the sport of Supercross and and dirt biking in general. I love racing motorcycles. I love riding motorcycles. And I love uh, what it does to to kids like, you know, me as a kid and 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 Ryan, you and and Adam. And and so it's like what it's what it's what it's been for us and and the life that it's given us and the opportunities that it's given us and just the learning that goes through it, whether you're a beginner, intermediate, novice, um, or a pro, there's so much that you can gained through just the family atmosphere of dirt bikes and, and, uh, and the grit of being able to, uh, push through when you're getting roosted 
and and keep 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 charging forward, not let off the, the gas and pull off the track. So I think it's a great thing for for uh, families to get their kids into dirt bike racing. And and if you guys are going to be able to grow the sport of motocross and supercross, man, I'm excited for that and uh, looking forward to following it and uh, being at some of the events and and uh, enjoying it with you guys. So congratulations! Thank you guys very much for your time. And uh, is there anything else that we need to know before we end this end this call? Yeah, I think to to that point, Josh, you know, the, the sport of Supercross already has an average audience of 36 years of age. So we know it attracts younger audiences and it's very unique in that sense. So it's a, it's a really exciting property because it appeals to younger audiences, but also we've got a huge focus on families and we've got a massive, massive focus on attracting new people to the sport. So we'll be doing everything to help young kids, you know, from Strider, a sort of stasic bike level getting up to into the 50cc and and the progression into the sport and to adam's point we're going to be trying to appeal to riders coming from all over the world and we're going to be needing to work with governments to start investing in supercross tracks and start investing in the development programs for for kids to get into this sport we know it's an elite sport we know it's very very hard to do um, but we're really committed uh, about growing this sport so we only see this as a positive for motocross um, globally because you have to get into motocross to start the sport and to your points amazing family uh, sport amazing opportunity to travel and 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 be in the outdoors but there's connections with mountain biking there's connections with you know um, cycling as well so it's it's a great sport that we can celebrate and we hope to appeal to new audiences and we were successful in australia of we'd only have say 35 percent of the fans are endemic fans coming to our events but 40% of the fans that had never experienced motorcycling would consider getting into the sport. So that's our goal. Everywhere we go, we want to we grow that appeal and have people considering getting into the sport. And that's only going to be better for everyone involved, uh, manufacturers, obviously industry, apparel, everyone that's an endemic brand. So we're excited by that. And I think for Adam and I, that, that's a really big focus. And I hope, Josh, that, that's you know, broadcast to your fans as well that this is only a good thing um it's going to come from this awesome thank you guys very much now I, I really appreciate that i know you guys have done a great job with the the oz x open and the sx open with you know the family atmosphere that you had and i believe what where you were teaching kids how to ride on ttr 50s and stuff like that in the pits right with the Yamaha. yeah exactly yeah yeah no that's yeah, pretty we'll, we'll, we'll do as much of those sort of innovations as we can as, as ryan said you know the beauty of supercross it goes to stadiums in capital <laughs> cities so people that may never have seen dirt biking before we hope they'll see it and get interested and get excited they may never be supercross stars but you know it's a it's a it's a touch point that people may never have had with dirt biking before and that's that's the way we need to position it around the world totally totally i really appreciate you guys' heart behind it and it's exciting stuff thank you guys very much for your time Thanks, Thanks for your Josh. time, we Josh. Appreciate really appreciate it. Yeah. There you go.